We're recording on Gadigal land and we acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and pay our respects to their culture and elders. I'm Karina May. I'm Claire Fletcher. And we love rom-coms. They're our favourite kind of love stories. We love reading and watching rom-coms so much we started writing our own. We're always chasing that rom-com feeling. You know the one. A warm and fuzzy one. And we might not be experts, but by God, we're enthusiastic. And on today's episode, we will get into a trope, but we are here with a very, very special guest, Rachel Johns, who is the queen of Australian women's fiction turned rom-com queen. And Rachel's latest book, um, I think you'd be living under a rock if you haven't seen it out there, is called The Other Bridget. And it was released in February with Penguin and has already gone into reprint and been listed in bestseller lists. Welcome, Rachel. Hello, Karina and Claire. I'm so happy to be here. I love your podcast. We're so happy to have you. Thank you for being one of our very first guests. Exciting. And you've come all the way from WA to sit in the studio with us, just for us. Just come all the way for you guys. (laughs) I might do a quick bio for Rachel for our listeners. So once upon a time, briefly, Rachel was an English teacher. Then her dreams of becoming a novelist came true. Now she spends her days writing romance and women's fiction in the Swan Valley, Western Australia. Wow. <laughs> so it sounds so natural when I just read it like that. I think, yeah, because it started with once, a tom- once Upon a Time, I thought I was like strapping into, into storytelling. Story. Like, yeah. <laughs> I forgot briefly I was on a podcast. <laughs> um, but we wanted to have a chat with you, Rachel, today about the rom-com genre, which has obviously seen a boom in recent years. And The Other Bridget is your first rom-com novel, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, I would say that is the truth. (laughs) And what do you think, so you've written uh, rural romance, which we try not to say on this podcast. It's very hard, (laughs) isn't it? It's a a mouthful. (laughs) And women's fic or women's uplit, do you call it? I don't know what to call it. Like, it's really hard. Yeah, I'd say contemporary women's fiction. I mean, there's so many... There's lots of, we can get a debate about whether women's fiction is a good or a bad term, but yeah, that's what I would say, yeah. And I've read all of them and loved them. Oh, thank and you. And the other Bridget I just devoured, I read it in two sittings, one on the beach where I got sunburned because I was <laughs> distracted. Um, Oops. Maybe books should come with sun cream. <laughs> but it definitely has that chatty, I mean, we'll get into Bridget Jones. It's got that chatty voice um, that is common of rom-com. So we firstly wanted to kind of ask if you consciously made the decision to write a rom-com and if you approached it differently to what you've written so far? Well, I think the first thing to say is I don't consciously really do anything. (laughs) I'm very much (laughs) not a planner in my writing or my life. Um, You said I started in rural and then sort of went to women's fiction and the only reason that happened was because I got an idea that didn't fit squarely in the rural romance sort of box I suppose and I guess the same thing happened here I was I was I got the title basically uh, before anything else that happens um, to me yeah Claire knows that's always happens I to think me. it's so good like mm. having a title probably hmm, maybe four or five of my books the title has come before anything else the title doesn't necessarily stay 
Because it um, was the other Bridget Jones. It was Jones, the other Bridget Jones, yes. Was that a copyright, like a trademark well, thing? Or yeah. you're just a bit worried? I mean, I'm a bit scared to speak about it in case we didn't get it right. And so I could, at, at my events, I'm like, is there a lawyer here? You know, because I might need one. But no, so, you know, like titles and ca- character names are not copyright. We yeah. can all have the same title and there's not really anything, you know, we yeah. can do it. It's so hard sometimes, isn't it, to find a title that hasn't been you know, well, that's used the thing. Before. When you're Googling, like especially in romance, yep. mostly, and you're making it, you're like, oh, that book doesn't seem like it's that big, so I'll, I can yeah, take yeah. that title. Yeah, like, exactly. Most of the times there's a title. Like there. you're not going to take probably Colleen Hoover's title yeah. or... Um, well, having you know, said that, <laughs> never. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then she has never, what never. What does she have? Yeah. Never. It's, like, yeah. It's, it's different enough. I didn't mean to. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Colleen. <laughs> I'm sure she can survive. Yeah. But, yeah, so we... It was... When I originally came, the title was The Other Bridget Jones because I do love Bridget Jones and it was a weird conversation with my friend and she was talking about her son and there was been a mix-up with an appointment and she said it was for The Other James Sampson and I literally just oh. said, well, that's a really cool title, The Other somebody, you know, The Other Karina May, The Other Claire Fletcher. And so then I must have been looking at my shelf or something and I saw the Bridget Jones books and I don't exactly know how that came about. You know, um, I think we should take a journal sometimes, these things. Mm. But so, yes, and then it was announced and my publisher thought it was okay because all of us did think, you know, co- names and titles are not copyright. But then the legal department, after the announcement, said, oh, hang on, <laughs> um, let's just look into this. And apparently Helen Fielding had trademarked the name Bridget Jones. Ah. So that kind of makes it a little just bit Just erring trickier. on the side of caution. Yeah. I mean, I think we're okay because, you know, it, my book is not about Bridget Jones. Like if no. I had written a book about Bridget Jones, you know, 10 years later or fan fiction, you can't actually publish fan fiction when it's specifically the, the exact characters. You can – a lot of fan fiction later gets published, but it's changed by then. Mm. So – then I think we could be in trouble. But because it's really just um, inspired by and made, yeah. paying a bit of a homage to it, um, someone said. Also, Helen Fielding copied Pride and Prejudice. Exactly. <laughs> sort of. I mean, I think that's not exactly a retelling, but she says it, you know, that's where it came from. So if she did it to Jane Austen. Well, I didn't. <laughs> I think I, she'd have to appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not dissimilar to what she exactly. did. I didn't even notice a title change because by that time, like, we had voted on the cover. Yeah, and yep. so the cover has, like, the nod to, well, the love triangle, which yep, we'll get into. That's true. Um, but the bunny is. And the bunny is. Yeah, yeah. So that's all you need. You actually didn't need Exactly. The and yeah. I actually think, in some ways, The Other Bridget is a better title. I can't even explain why, but <laughs> I just have a feeling. You know, you don't need to know who Bridget Jones is. We actually get more specific if you have that mm. in there. I don't know. And speaking of rom-com as a genre, you're, we always talk about me being the book talk representative. <laughs> um, but I'm the Luddite. I'm, I'm more of a voyeur these days, but Rachel, you're very active on book talk. I don't, I don't really think I'm that fabulous at it, but, you know, I try. I think you're great. Like, oh, it's really, you. really hard to be consistent it and is. come up with ideas. Yeah, the ideas is the hardest. Yeah, and it requires, like, a different amount of creativity, right? Yeah, I really admire authors like Tessa Bailey, who are just so funny on there, and come up, and then Stacey McEwen from Australia. Yeah. They just have, so good. you know, do their own skits and stuff. Like, I'll, I'll never be able to do anything like that. So, consistency is my key. No, I think, and I think you have carved out, like, a, a, a niche on there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're Rachel Johns anyway. You don't oh. really... <laughs> um, <laughs> 
don't know if that's the case, but thank you. But I mean, from you being on Book Talk, mm-hmm. you obviously have seen like the rise of rom com. Yeah. Did you want to kind of chat a little bit about like the trends that you've seen maybe come from Book Talk and why you think it is that rom com is having a moment? Yeah. And I suppose the other context to mm-hmm. your opinion on this is that you've been really active with the Romance Writers Association yep. as well. So you kind of bring a lot of knowledge, not just as a long standing author. Mm-hmm but also someone who's across the industry yep. and what you're seeing Try to be. Australian authors do. So. Yeah. Well, like I said, there's a few things, isn't it? I feel like rom-com has never really gone, you know, out of date. Mm. It's it was just, just maybe people's opinion yeah, of it. Yeah, and also the term rom-com is maybe, you know, like chiclet, you know, mm. was gay and then nay and then, you It know. does feel like we're using rom-com instead of the words chiclet. Yeah. yeah. Or even instead of, I think, sometimes just ro- contemporary romance. Yeah. Like I think there's a... F- um, so, you know, it's, I mean, right back, there's rom-coms in the 50s, movies and stuff, and then, you know, a lot of those I've found out now are based on, on books, and obviously they were popular in the 90s and the early noughties, and, but I think, and some of the people that are, you know, put as rom-com now, say like Emily Henry and Beth O'Leary, I feel like a lot of people, they, they, they sort of cross over between romance and women's fiction yeah, kind of thing. I agree. It's not necessarily what I would say is a classic rom-com. Yeah, so I was saying like to movies. Claire, like I always feel like, for me, classic rom-com is the dual point of view. Yeah. Um, like two protagonists or like two leads and different perspectives rather than like to me, it's more like the chick litty yeah. female genre, like, sorry, the female protagonist or one protagonist and their arc yeah. is where, like, I see, like, where chicklet is yeah, and my rom-com is, like, the two point of views. I think chicklet and rom-com are, like, basically, maybe because people don't want to use the word chicklet. Yeah, which I'm happy to I'm use happy that. I'm happy with like, it too. Like, I was always happy with the chicklet for rom- for rural romance too. Chocolate. Like, I don't really care. <laughs> like, <laughs> whatever. That. Whatever you want to call it, as long as you read it. But I think... I feel like rom-com is being used in place of, yeah, chick lit and it sort of beca- means, if you say a rom-com, it's very wide and varied now, almost as varied as if you say women's fiction for that sort of genre, whereas if I think of rom-com, I think it is about, the main story is a romance and, you know, you get both of their sort of arcs and stuff, as you said, but there's also a lot of humour kind of in it and I would think in the rom-com that is just as, the humour is kind of just as important as the romance where I don't necessarily see that's what we're getting necessarily when we talk about rom-com now. If you know yeah, I mean. and it's like the comedy, is that enough for it to come just from the protagonist or does mm. it, the comedy have to come between the two love interests? And other things that are happening in the... Yeah, yeah, like does there have to be slapstick and like... And I guess the thing is, like, why does it matter as mm. well? Like, mm. um, it's all just, you know, uh, I guess it's so we can distinguish you know, what types of books we like and stuff. But a lot of that now is is on the covers and word of mouth. Um, yeah, I agree. You know. And how about like spice level as well? Because, yeah, picking up a Tessa Bailey, for example, mm. that's like a very different spice level from what you write, yeah, what definitely. I write. <laughs> I must admit, yeah, it's interesting because in TikTok as well, they have the, or as they call it often, smut talk. Um, yeah. And, you know, <laughs> they've got the chili rating. Yeah, the chili rating. Yeah. Um, and I don't, like, I don't think there's like a specific rating to tell you what you know what's a one what's a five whereas mm. like on goodreads you know they have a what's a one star read and what's you know what so maybe that's needs to you guys can work that out you mm. can you can <laughs> launch the chili rating but i think that people like tessa bailey what i find i love i love most of her work and stuff but what i find kind of a bit jarring sometimes is that the covers look quite oh, sweet and yeah. rom-commy and like not necessarily as saucy as you would expect from some of the sort of mafia romance or bully romance type, you know, books that very much look hot. 
But then you get to her sex scenes and mm. suddenly like, whoa, <laughs> we like yeah. that. I've told a story on the podcast before. I was listening to the audiobook with my nieces in the oh, car, no. which is rule. Everyone <laughs> knows not they? to do that. Like 10 and 8. Oh, no. <laughs> and we started, I must have missed that episode. Oh, we started tweaking things. And oh, I was no. like, oh. I thought that was just like a cute little, you know, fish out of water tale. Yeah, was oh. that the had had one summer? Yeah. would have had lots to talk to their mum and dad about. Yeah, I was going to say. I am luckily. It's unsurprisingly, I am that auntie. <laughs> but yeah, so it's hard, isn't it? So did you approach telling this story, the other Bridget, differently to some of your other books? No, did you know from the beginning that it was a rom com type of story? That's or a really just, good question. I, I know s- you're not a big planner. Yeah, yeah, and I think often, you know, like I think even about your books, Claire and stuff. Like you know, the first one was marketed differently in a way to being a rural, like from the cover and stuff. It was very much more modern and and cute and like. I loved it, right? But yeah, in in the pages, it was, I'd say rom rom com rural, like you know, kind of thing. Yeah, it may be I'm completely delusional about what my books actually no, are. It is actually hard to say what yeah. you have created. Like you can't sit back and go, "This is what it is." Yeah, <laughs> like, it's so hard. And I think the publishers try and do that because mm. obviously they have to. So I think that's the only that's sort of when I realised it was. Well, they were getting marked as a rom-com and then I'm like, is it funny enough? Like, it is. is it? I mean, yeah. I was cackling, I don't think it's a spoiler, but the gnomes. Are the oh, gnomes yeah, yeah. The ransom, and I, I think I've seen a couple of comments online also, about that. Is it too silly as well? Like it's a fine no. line between fu- humour yeah. and ridiculous. But I think the differences to me was what you said in, um, in that, the point of view. Like all my rural romances have been dual point of view. And my women's fiction, let's just use that term, um, they have been multiple point of view, but mostly I think I've only All had... women, yeah, like generational I think there's only women, one yeah. book where I've used a male point of view. And so I think the difference was this, is that it was very much first... Like it was first... It's, a, it's not my very first first-person book, but it's the first-person present tense. So it sort of had a different feel I do the think, start. though, the Work Wives felt like a gateway book to this. I was going to say, yeah. That definitely, I felt like that was more on the like chick side, yeah. the work wives. And, and maybe because of the workplace setting and the relationship. Yeah, yep. and, and the younger, yeah. maybe one of the yeah. protagonists being a bit younger. So that's why I think, has this been strategic? No, like, <laughs> I wish <laughs> I wish I could say that. And the other book I wrote, Just One Wish, has only got one point of view. And it's, I think that's a little bit more rom-com-y. But for me, the most, I don't really think, oh, this is a rural, this is a rom-com. It's, it's about the structure for me that is, I suppose, different from like a rural and women's fiction because in a romance novel as you guys would know you know you got to hit certain beats mm. you know you've got to have they've got to meet <laughs> there's got to be a kiss there's maybe got to be a sex scene um it's probably going to be some reason why they can't be together and a bit of a blow up you know whatever and so you've got a structure to follow like you have in a crime novel whereas I feel like in my women's fiction novels sometimes you don't like I don't know what the structure is going to be if there's four women how's it like it's harder kind of and it's not necessarily a romance so I don't have no I certainly have to tick certain things. This one was kind of in between that, if that makes sense. It had that romance structure in a way. So, yeah, I think characters be all and end all for me and they sort of lead the way. Mm. And we can get on to, in a second, I think, talking about love triangles and Mm -hmm. how that helps, like, structure the book in terms of the beats and everything. Helped and hindered. So the story, The Other Bridget, you kind of touched on where that came from. But I want to know how obsessed with Bridget Jones are you? I've got an obsessive personality in some ways, but then in other ways I, I like 
am not obsessed enough with anything. Like I would just be jealous <laughs> of people who would, you know, be really into a band or collect things. And I sort of just go through like obsessive stages and then move on. But I do know I've I've got I think about four or five first edition not first editions four or five editions of the first book of Bridget Jones because you know I. I don't know how that even started, um, but I just once it once it kind of once I got a couple, and then then the twenty fifth anniversary edition came out, and that was cute. So you know, I had to buy that as well, and then it sort of just suddenly becomes a thing. I've got more of the second one, and then I've got the one that nobody seems to remember, which is Mad About the Boy, and then Bridget Jones' Baby, which was first based on a movie. So I do most of the stuff in that I kind of have known. Like you, you mentioned, do I have to research that? Yeah, kind of thing? <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a lot of things. In the book, you sort of differentiate because um, the main character, her name is Bridget Jones, yep. but she goes by B a lot of the time. Yes. And she was going to go by BJ, but the publisher didn't want that. I remember you asking Lord, that question yeah. on social yeah. media and I voted, that's fine. I know. <laughs> but now I actually really like B. Okay. And, and, and I think you got a gag out yeah, of Yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, I had to, well, there was more gags, but I had to, when you don't have the BJ as the name, I had to, you know. Yeah, I think, um, <laughs> was it the, fa- yeah, it was the family gag. Yeah, right, so I had brothers. to like shoehorn yeah. that in because, yeah. I missed not having the gags that I had in the first. <laughs> no, that works. Like I, I think originally I had one of the love interests says, you know, makes a funny remark when they first meet or whatever. And she's like, what are you, a 14-year-old boy? You know, like I had to get rid of that. <laughs> I think as well, like it works really well that, you know, one of the love interests is the only one that calls her Bridget. Yeah. Yeah, which, yeah, I mean, we'll get I always love that in books. Like yeah. I love if it's a nickname between yeah. the, the main characters. Yeah, it felt really yeah. special that yeah. like she had this other name to everybody else. Yeah. That's it. I love and that. I probably Bridget. do that too much. <laughs> uh, it works for a reason, it works right? for a reason. <laughs> so oh how many God. times do you think you've actually – did you reread the book a couple of times? Because I was saying to Claire – it just really had the essence of mm-hmm. Bridget Jones for me. It feels like you just know it so intimately. Yeah, I did reread it when because I've never been a big rereader of books. So I think I don't think I'd reread it. Well, you have too many then. on your to be read. <laughs> exactly, I'm just buy too many. Um, so I, I've only read it probably twice. I've seen the movies, you know, a lot more. I reread Bridget Jones and Bridget Jones: The Edge of Reason. But then I, I've always found it fascinating because, as I said, you've got Bridget Jones' Diary, Bridget Jones: The Edge of Reason. Reason can't speak. What did you put in the gummy bears? They're like, <laughs> I got, I'm getting gummy drunk. For listeners, I got the sweet and sour bears that are joining hands because they're the couple bears. <laughs> they're so cute. They love bears. But yeah, so I actually, I think I mentioned in the book that Mad About the Boy is a third book and, spoiler, Darcy dies in that book or he's dead or whatever. And then they decided to do a movie with Bridget's baby and he's suddenly alive mm. again. And so they sort of seem to just have... Like mad about the boy has just been buried into the other, and you're not supposed to know about that or talk about it. So. I love that. I love that Bridget knew all these details as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, I figure if you've got a namesake, you know, you should you should do your research. Yeah, <laughs> and one of the things that I loved was the Australian setting, which mm-hmm. you're known for, in particular Fremantle, because that's where the RWA conference was. When was that? Twenty twenty one. Yes, twenty twenty two. Yeah, and. Um, yeah, I mean, they were all real, pa- pa- like, um, the cafes, yep. Duck the Cafe, Duck that's I went there. That's closed oh, now. No. <laughs> I know. It got closed during my editing period. And I thought, do I change it? But no, because as you've seen, having been there, it's got such an amazing menu and just, I think it's called like aubergine is the new, I, I can't, mm. like, all, their, all their menu ingredients, I mean, 
offerings. I can't even, I've lost all my words. <laughs> anyway, everything on the menu has just the most fanciest, fun titles. So I thought, no, nah, I'm, I'm leaving it in there. Maybe it'll be revived one day. There's also the Pirate Bar. I don't know if you got to go there. No, but I went to the brewery and I yep. didn't know. What what was it before? It was the brewery. Oh, Crocodile told, Farm. Yeah, I yeah. was like, I could see that because it was on the water yeah. and like swampy kind yep. of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In the best swamp No, way. I remember going there in the 80s with my mum in school holidays and looking at the crocodiles. So, yeah, it was really fun. And it's a funny story because that conference is sort of where this started because oh. I think you mentioned I've changed publishers for this book and for another one, other ones. Um, and it was because I spoke to Ali Watts from Penguin at that conference. Oh, and it was in Fremantle. Yes. So, That's I mean, then I was looking – like I knew I wanted to have a setting – that was Australian, obviously, but because, I don't know, my rurals, I make fictional towns based on kind of, you know, real places and then you can drop names of the other places. But with this one, I wanted it to be sort of a funky, quirky kind of location, which Fremantle, Fremantle is. is. Yeah. But also I think Frio has almost a small town vibe. You know, you can walk everywhere. Um, I think, you know, there's a certain type of people that live there and stuff. And so I think having a small town is easier than sort of just setting it somewhere like in the middle of a big city, if you know what I mean. They wouldn't necessarily run into each other at the cafe and all that kind of stuff. So that was a deliberate choice, yeah. Yeah, that felt really realistic to me. And awesome. I love reading books where I can picture. Where yeah. It's it just adds another layer. There is an element of that small town vibe in this story, like you say, and part of it revolves around Bridget's life as a lover of books yep. and someone who works in the library, which is... She's got this whole community of friends working in the library that really sort of drives the story. Yeah. And Bridget's superpower is matching people <laughs> with their perfect book. And I think that's what a lot of people are taking away from this book. Part of the great joy of it is how many other books and stories <laughs> and authors it references. It's about love How, of how books. many were there? Yeah. Um, there someone counted them for me. There is a list. So it's I pinned it to my Facebook page. So if you go on my Facebook page and look at the pin post, you'll see it. Apparently, though, I haven't even checked this. You know when someone tells you something and you think oh, I should be going to fix that? Apparently, Lessons in Chemistry is li- listed twice. I didn't actually write the list. Uh, on the list, not yeah, in the book. Yeah, on the list. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and so my friend who tied, who did the like, – counted them and then did up the list, she asked me when she'd finished, how many do you think? And I thought, oh, maybe 30 to 35. My publisher thought the same. In, in the end, it was 84. So I'm saying maybe 83 if Lessons in Chemistry is on twice. Wow. So there's a lot. I was wondering if they were your opinions on the books. <laughs> Not mean, necessarily. Of them, some of them were controversial. Yeah, so I'm trying to I remember now because like, that remind me. In the zeitgeist of, um, yeah, I think, well, I mean, one obvious one was Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I had to put that in there because I think I said something about the, one of the librarians, I mean, one of the book ladies um, almost having a heart attack reading it or something. So yeah, an old lady. Boy Swallows Universe yes. um, featured heavily as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's actually, there's something I can tell you about. So Boy Swallows Universe and uh, Michael Trant's book yeah. are the only Australian books that made the cut. I put pretty much every, all the others were all Australian initially. Um, I think both of you had a mention. My right. dear I was friend like, Anthea had yeah, a mention. I was like, where's Anthea? Yeah. Yeah. She was the first book club. Yeah. So The War Nurses, uh, her book was the first book club and I chose... Like, so I was really wanting to promote, like, Australian books and stuff and fiction in there as well. And my publisher said after reading the first draft, I really love this and I love how you've included some of our authors. Oh, no, Jack Heath as well. Oh, I wonder why he's there. <laughs> yeah, I, because he, yeah, you needed a boy book. Um, I yeah, think that's why yeah, the boy yeah. books got through. So I was, I was analysing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, and that's the reason. So the re- that's interesting that he got through. I wonder oh. how I managed to get that through. That must have been. <laughs> because um, the publisher said, look, 
if there's any chance of us selling this overseas, which I sort of have given up ever, to be honest, um, being mm. sold overseas, but if there's any chance of, you know, selling this overseas, we probably need books that are more globally, mm. you know, sensations and people would I recognise. I thought they were really great picks. Well, yeah. the only reason I got Michael Trant was because I've mentioned Lee Child and um, she was recommending an older guy, the book, and the Lee Child ones were out. So I, And Michael Trant's book was cover quoted by Lee Child, so I could use that. But everyone And, and Boy Swallows Universe, they said that's globally yeah. known. Especially right now. So unfortunately everyone yeah. else got the cut, <laughs> which I did say at a library event the other day. I think that's probably my one regret about this book. I wish I'd kept them all in. But so you know. do we. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Anthea's been so dark yeah. at all the events we've been doing. She's like... <laughs> No, we ha- would never have known. Yeah. It feels really natural yeah. and you, I think... Yeah, you have to focus on world domination. So <laughs> that's fine. Well, <laughs> we'll see. Look, if world domination happens, then the next book I'll make sure I put everyone's <laughs> names in, hey? Is that fair? That's a deal. <laughs> yeah. One other thing I wanted to ask about the book on kind of a technical level, and I think I think Karina's touched on this. Yeah. The voice has that through line to the original Bridget mm-hmm. Jones because it is that voice of Chicklet. And yep, yep. You know, I also thought of Marion Keys. It's that really oh, voicey, mm-hmm. um, light. You know, B is instantly lovable and she really carries you through this story. But the other thing that felt a little bit retro to me was the chapters all have yes, little really. titles. And when did you make that well, decision? Well, I, I must admit, I kind of copied someone from on that. Oh, hey. um, I don't know if you've read Lucy's score. Oh, I haven't yet. Her I've small been. town romances. Oh. I don't know if her other ones too, but she has chapters. No, I think she does in all hers actually because she's got another sort of mystery series. She has chapter titles and I just loved it. Yeah, they're like little stories. Yeah, mm. I you know, and apparently they're coming back this year maybe it's because of Lucy's score because you know in those whole oh. the Instagram and TikTok things at the beginning of the year where like this was hot in 2000 yeah, that's in, out ins and outs and yeah. apparently chapter by t- oh, the time I get back. on the in it's out so. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I like them and they are probably a little bit retro um, and I think one of the things is it's it's fun when it really works. Like some of them I immediately knew what I wanted yep. to put there. But the problem is if you start doing that, you have to do it for every mm. chapter, right? And, you and then other like chapters are boring. 60, <laughs> over 60 yeah, chapters. Exactly. So yeah. Well, not, sorry, I shouldn't say other chapters are boring. Let's hopefully they're not. <laughs> what I mean is other chapters don't have sort of a, a line that you can just grab or a, a phrase that you can grab that just sort of works without giving something away but giving it, yeah, a taser. Yeah, they were like teasers because mm. I would look at it and be like, oh, What's going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> it was another way to It was turn fun, the page. and I'm definitely going to do that again in the next rom-com type book, yeah. Oh, cute. Mm, do you have another rom-com yes. idea? Yes. Um, I've written the first chapter because I then I had to go back and finish my rural, but it's Fred's story from this book. Oh. So Fred is the best friend in The Other Bridget, and she's probably the opposite of Bridget in that Bridget is very much a romantic and thinks the wine is out there and all that. She wants to get married, have babies, and live happily ever after, and Fred is like, that is the... You know, I love how she kept saying, no, not for me, but no, yeah. for you, like for you. <laughs> so it's called The Wedding Trap. Is this the one you went to Norfolk yes. Island to do yes. research? Yes, and you've got an island book coming I too. I was like <laughs> so excited. So when's the island, your island book coming out? Um, maybe late this year. I'm not sure yet. It might no be day. early if I manage to write yeah. it. So we'll have to do some like island <laughs> promos know, together. It's like good to do research though, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. All tats are ducks exactly. ball, which is my trick. <laughs> yep. Love triangles. Love triangles. Oh, you did it, Claire. I, did it, but my so voice isn't, I, have, I can't do the nice voiceover I voice. I love like it. Yours. So we wanted to talk about what 
makes a successful love triangle when we're reading or watching? Like, what drew you to wanting to write? Like, did the trope, did you know you wanted to, like, I mean, obviously inspired by Bridget Jones, you know there's a love triangle. Yeah, I think that was, so for me, I don't think I've ever done a real true love triangle. Oh, maybe in Just One Wish, actually, there's a slight bit of a love triangle. But, like, I didn't want to do a Bridget Jones retelling, but I thought, that's why I didn't do a diary or anything like that. Also, because I probably crap at that. But I did did consider doing... uh, I was trying to think, oh, Sparkle Pages, you know, the Meg. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's other people that do it fabulously. But I didn't want, like, that would be maybe too much trying to be like that. I did actually try and do January to to December initially. It started New Year's Eve. But then because I write long, as we alluded to, I'd got to May and I already had 75,000 words. And I was like, if I keep going at this rate. So I was really stressed and really then they panicking. And to the beach. The yes, end. exactly. <laughs> I was panicking. So then I changed. I thought I can, if I don't start there, if I start a different place, then I can do, I can end whatever. So I think the other thing I did, apart from that, thinking about the year, um, which didn't last, is that I thought, oh, it would be good to have a love triangle because I think that's one of the classic bits of Bridget Jones' diary that I really loved if you haven't watched or read Bridget Jones I'm sorry it's 30 30 yeah. years in a couple of years so if I'm spoiling things yeah we, 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 just, can spoil we always decide to get yeah. spoilers I when mean, it's like you should have been there I just that. feel like yeah too late <laughs> um but you know she's got sort of your your grumpy you know arrogant kind of guy and then she's got your charming sort of like boss guy. Well, that, that's the thing. I will say, like, Fabio definitely had Daniel Clear yeah, vibes. Yeah, and that's what and I wanted, then, sort yeah, of. Yeah, and Sully, for sure, I was saying to Claire, like, I was definitely getting Mark Darcy. Yeah. So you got their vibes so well. But I didn't want to copy her niche exactly, and I won't say what she did because I don't want um, to spoil my book. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to copy what was, like, wrong with the wrong love interest, if that makes sense. Like, I didn't – I wanted to give – often I think so much in books and particularly those in love triangles – it's so easy to make the – I am going to probably say something. It's so easy to make sort of the the non the one that they're not supposed to end up with do something like cheat mm. because that's immediately, oh, they've cheated, they're not a good person. Mm. And so I really wanted to do something a bit different. Yeah. So I had those two – those things in mind kind of when I set out. I didn't necessarily know what that other thing would no. be. So I did decide to write a love triangle and it is – I realised immediately there's not not problems but – as you mentioned before, a lot of rom-coms are in dual kind of point of view and all of my rural romances are in dual point of view and I quite like that. I love getting the hero or the, mm. never call it, the male I realise it's a trick now, like if it's too dark on one point of view, you can, you can use the other one to light. Whenever and th- yeah. Yeah, you can play with yeah. like both the characters and you can – something that they know but the other one doesn't, you know, it's all – but and then you can get deeper, I guess, into the both characters' sort of reasons for things. Mm. But I thought very, I realized very early on. Well, I can't do two point of views because then it's obvious Gives who it she away. ends up with. Yeah. yeah, and I thought I don't want to do three because then it's kind of weird having mm. a random point of view. And I think it, to me, I'm glad so it worked. But yeah, now I'm like, oh well, with the next book that's sort of linked to this one, I probably have to stay on the just one person, mm. even though for the next book there's only one love interest. So it could be, you know, you could do. I mean, don't. There's no rules, is there? Do you mind if people? I guess it's like crime where it's like where they know. Yeah, because when I'm reading crime, I actually, firstly, you'd love to solve it yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. But then and if you do, it's kind of annoying. Well, I actually, <laughs> I don't mind. You don't want it, it to come too well, easy. Yeah, again, yeah, that's it's, the thing. It's not. It's about the quest. Yep. It's about like I don't mind if I can solve it. Mm-hmm. It's just I love 
when it's a really clever twist, it's yeah, still yeah. that person, but their motivation. Yeah, is, yeah. I'm thinking it's of not like exactly what you're dark mode or like there's a lot of books where I like loved the book, could kind of see where it was going, but I didn't quite get it. Yeah, you're on the right yeah, track. And I think that's like, you know, when you're looking at a love triangle for me, I, I love the whole like this is too good to be true. This yeah, is very yeah, yeah. you know, but it's But then it's kind of obvious. Well you don't know <laughs> yeah, you don't know how it's gonna pan out. Like what is the quest like to get I mean there? I do think with this book it's if you've been reading, you know, romance novels like we yeah. have and writing them, you know, it's probably pretty obvious who mm. is going to be the one, you know, because we... Well, that's it. As soon as you have a meet-cute, you're effectively giving a kind yeah, of clue... Yeah, that's of, true. ...you know, where the ending is going to be. But I think what's... And I, I take what you said about, you know, Daniel Cleaver or, or whatever, yep. you know, when you're setting up this dichotomy of one character who's very clearly the right character yeah, yeah. to root for and one isn't. And I love this idea of having two really lovely men who are both giving B... Yep. Well... One giving coffee, one giving, <laughs> giving annoying noise. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're not necessarily both giving her uh, what she needs or what she wants. But at you the know, same like, time, anyway. At the same time, but yeah, I don't know. Like I loved that. You know, she was this pretty monogamous character. Yeah, yeah. And um, with Fabio, it was something quite light and very sexy. Yeah, and yeah. Fun, mm. and that she was able to just lean into that. And mm. I think the hard thing for me is that, and I, this is when I was watching a lot of rom coms in the in the January month or so the holidays but I didn't actually have a holiday. Oh yeah you so did one a day didn't you? <laughs> yeah and I noticed that I have rom-com. I mean grueling triangles. schedule. Yeah it was grueling but I think what I realised is it's a really fine line in the rom-com like you don't want to say a lot of them actually are like this is that she's not with either in the beginning but a lot of love triangles they're sort of all so sometimes with somebody in the beginning or they're kind of in a rela- on again and off again relationship yeah they have whatever. a pre-existing yeah and then they meet someone else yeah. whether they're on a break or, or whatever you're right they're at the starting point at the same yeah time. yeah they are but I think the ones with that I realized that what annoyed me like I didn't like and I'm gonna probably be cancelled for saying this because a lot of people love it sweet home Alabama because the hero sorry the the She's engaged to somebody mm. or she's yeah, just she gets engaged. engaged at Tiffany's. Yeah, and yeah. she's married to someone else already. But I was like, I like the guy she's engaged to, you know, mm. and, and I just I feel bad for him. And so I think the fine line is, yeah, you want to make – you want to – you wrote it down somewhere so I'd remember. I took a f- screenshot. You actually want – Oh, resources. Very, yeah. yeah. I wrote this in one of my um, write-ups kind of thing. I said, one thing I've realised is that rom-coms – often include a love triangle. I've enjoyed this in some and not in others. It's hard. It's a hard plot to pull off because you don't want to make the other guy so bad that we wonder why she, you know, was attracted to them or was with them in the beginning. But you also don't want it to make it so we feel too sorry for them in the end. And we well, don't, you that's, know. that's what I'm learning right now with yeah. my book. Oh, really? Yeah, for yeah. sure. So you're, like, the one you're writing now is a love triangle? No, the one never oh, the, forever, yeah, yeah. yes. So I was thinking, yeah, yeah. what you're learning is in writing now. Yeah, yeah. no, like in terms of reviews. Oh, like, okay. I knew it was a little controversial. I still stand by my story. I know my choices. You have to. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, and people I knew, love and hate everything, oh, don't and they? I wanted like a Team Wes, Team Marcus, like yep. – um, yeah, you know, like, getting to some text, like Twilight yeah. and um, Janet Vanovich's books and yeah, stuff and like it, that. It happened one summer, yeah. like, um, but I, I didn't really realize like how much people like, would get yeah. connected to one. Yeah, I would say it's like 50 50, so that means you're disappointing 50% of readers. Maybe that's why a lot of books mm. like that continue into a series, so yeah. you never like. No, <laughs> I've definitely had that feedback where you know there's. A, a perfectly good love interest yeah. gets left in the dust for the yeah. great love, and people are like, "But what about?" Then this what you guy? need to do is write their per, their I book know, later. But yep. what if you have no interest in that? Because <laughs> I, I've been getting messages okay, saying, that's what, a "What happens to X?" And I'm like, "Oh, maybe I'll write a novella." I'm mm. never writing that novella. Yeah, yeah, 
yeah. Well, I had like, similarly. I've had lots of people, not specific for that reason, but say, oh, they want more of a certain, and I'm like, well, I'm done with that. So, mm. but you never know. Maybe down the track, maybe you've returned to characters much later, later, haven't you? So oh. you know, maybe because you're done with never them when say you're done, never. right? You're yeah. just like, get out of my head, get out of my life. But Is you that might, how you felt? Yeah, but you might suddenly something will tweak in your head, or you'll see something, or and you'll go, hang on. I can now mm. use that character. And then, yeah, so maybe just say, you know, it's in the pipelines. <laughs> Did you become The pipelines are very long sometimes. <laughs> Did you become really attached to Bridget Jones? Um, yes and no. I'm, I'm weird that I am always... Oh, maybe I did. I'm trying to think. Because well, you the walk next in the book room was harder to... Out. The next book was harder to write. I think it took me longer to get attached to get into those characters so maybe I did get more mm. a bit attached um I think when you're so close point of view like that yeah, like, yeah you do really kind of it's hard imprint. sometimes to move on <laughs> yeah, yeah imprint. Well, I think yeah. it was was it Max Fawcett talking at her launch oh, the yeah. other day yep. about how it felt like her protagonist was almost standing behind like a friend like, oh, yeah wow. like the the voice came so naturally that I think to move on to another project has it's been hard hard because you I've had a couple of friends say the yeah. same thing you know it's especially if the book that you know whether it's a first one or another one, but if you've got something, if you're really connected to it in some way, um, mm. my friend Anthony had the same with her war nurses because she was related to one of the nurses in the like she that was inspired, and she really just spent a lot of years wanting to write that story, and then when she finally did, and it's over, and I don't know, maybe it's the same with Maxine Fawcett. I don't mm. know, like it's something that she's, you know, often with your debut novel, I think it's, it is a lot more of you or, you know. Yeah. Um, You've lived with it for a really yeah, long time. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Whereas the next one, sometimes you have to write a little bit faster and, <laughs> you know, so you don't have as much time to get attached. That's true. Know. So we've spoken about, obviously, Bridget Jones. Do you have any other favourite love triangle? Te- we call them texts here. Just text. to, yeah, in- sounds text. So, just um, in- intellectualise our... You sound so, yeah, we're very intelligent. We're oh, very, I'm very impressed. I feel so like I've got one, mm-hmm. Dawson's Creek. <laughs> I don't know if you watched oh, that. I, I didn't watch much of it, no. I'm trying to campaign for it. Um, but to come back? Well, actually just for a, a full episode on Dawson's Creek because there's a couple oh, of writers cool. um, that I'll have to start watching it because I'm sure <laughs> it's on you streaming. You don't have to campaign for me. I'm on board. I know. I'm going to start watching it now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Pacey Witter shaped a generation of mm. women's romantic I know, but ideals. You, ins- you insulted Pacey the other day and I said we will not be having any of that, even haircuts. insulting Ooh, Pacey. I was insulting I'm his facial hair. I'm here to adjudicate today, so <laughs> if you want to have a debate. I'm going to have to find an image for you, Rachel, <laughs> because I think... <laughs> It speaks for itself. What it was, was going on on that man's face was just not the right. The costume department. Okay, I'm going to have to go and watch <laughs> some Dawson's Creek because I remember it being big. I don't know why I never watched it. So this is another thing which is interesting because it's Dawson's Creek and so the love triangle is Joey, Dawson and Pacey. Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone wanted her to be with Pacey and not Dawson. Did um, she end up with Dawson? She ends up with Pacey. Again, oh, not I was going to say because when it's called Dawson's Creek, <laughs> yeah. you kind of think that... We wanted, it, we wanted Dawson to drown in the creek. Oh, jeez. So was he definitely a baddie? <laughs> no, he wasn't. He was... I just I, hate it. I feel so. <laughs> see, I feel. I was telling Claire before as we were walking in. I feel very uneducated because there was a lot of time. I just didn't watch a lot of TV. But Dawson's Creek probably was on when I was in high school. So I think I was too obsessed, like stalking my own crush, that I was had no room for any fantasy crushes. Well, that's the thing. I was living in my life through television. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. At my all-girls school. All-girls boarding yeah. school. Those yeah, well, I went to a co-ed school, Creek. so, you know. Yeah, you had plenty of eye candy. <laughs> <laughs> it must have been a – did you watch Felicity? Because that's no. another – yeah, so the two Bens. Um, I'm going to have to put Felicity on my list <laughs> yeah. too. So, well, there's Ben, the character, and Ben, the actor. So it's um, Noel and Scott um, Speedman. 
and they that was also another love triangle. So it was the same I'm era. Write that down to my send myself. Uh, yeah, message. Felicity is the best. Is it a TV series or yeah, TV okay. series? Yeah, she basically she goes to New York to study um, just because the boy that she loves at school is because, studying. Hey, why wouldn't you go yeah, to New York to study? Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a great show. Didn't you do that, Claire? <laughs> or you went to New York for a while? Didn't you? <laughs> I wasn't stalking no. anyone there though. But no, you, okay. you found oh, someone oh. to stalk there. I yeah. did. That's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, now that I look at this, it's not that bad. I just remember it being really heinous. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was before his time. It's not like amazing. Yeah. The other big one. Uh, Sorry, I guess I'm not allowed to say that, am I? That's no. Not amazing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. You're a guest. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've got to be nice to you. Okay. Phew. Have a gummy. Phew. <laughs> um, Twilight. Mm. So, yeah, that's another huge one. TV yes. times. Who are you? Team Edward or Team? Yeah. Oh gosh. Edward. What was the, the other one? The werewolf. Jacob. Oh <laughs> Jacob, that's right. Are you team Jacob? I had a bit of a soft spot for, for Jacob. I think I was team Edward. Then too. there was the whole in love imprinting with the baby on thing. the baby. <laughs> See, this is Which is a pretty big red flag. <laughs> <laughs> this yeah. is what's funny. It's like you, it, they need to be kind of even in the race. Yeah. And, and maybe the one that they don't end up with pulling ahead initially. Mm-hmm. And then there needs to be a lot of room yeah. for the other one to pull ahead. You're right. right. Like, mm. I wonder if that's why. Um, like why choose a reverse harem is suddenly becoming such mm. a big thing because you don't have to choose. Mm. I love this. And so yeah. is this a fairly new, would I we call it a trope? It or a I think it is fairly new. I don't know, is it genre or a trope? Like it's... We, we still we still unsure. Base, we base our episodes around tropes, mm. and we are still unsure what is a trope. Yeah, I mean, it's maybe it's a similar thing to that whole, what is a wrong... Or like, yeah. you know, it's... it's wishy-washy and doesn't really matter. Well, we, we've said it's like whatever, you know, the cheat sheet or short code is for readers yeah. to understand yeah. like what to expect, like what's on the tin. Yeah, so um, maybe it is. So it is. Um, I think it's sort of, well, I guess some things become a genre as well or a subgenre, mm. I suppose. But yeah, maybe that's why that's become popular because, you, you know, you don't have to choose. Yeah. Yeah. You can have it all. Have yeah, it all. I love fictional it. characters as well. Yeah. Do we think that the, I, I haven't really seen that trope or whatever we're calling it move <laughs> Outside of romance, a lot like no. into full TV contemporary. or uh, like no, yeah. There's one example I'm thinking of, oh. but I I feel like I can't say what it oh. is without spoiling that entire book. But oh, because it's oh, you'll have to tell us later. Yeah, do I know it? Yeah. Oh, I can't think. Oh, I mean, I just <laughs> so it's a spoiler because you don't necessarily know at the beginning maybe that this happens. Yeah. Or? Oh, I think I know which one you're talking about now. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Mysterious. I've made too much of a big deal about it, but it's Claire Christian's book that came oh, out last year. Oh, yeah, yeah, Westside yeah. Honey. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We want her on the pod. So I mean, I yeah. guess it's not so much a harem as a possible polyamory situation. Yeah, and I suppose that's the thing, I suppose, as our society sort of um, becomes to accept sort of those different um, types right. of relationships better yeah. than we probably will see it more in mainstream fiction. But all these mm. things often start in a, as a little niche, mm. don't they? Yeah. So Bridget, Fabio and Sully all in a bed. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sequel. Sequel. Actually, yeah, I don't know if that would actually happen. (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't know. (laughs) Maybe for Fred's book. Oh, yeah. (laughs) She's more that type. She is that type. That's That's what you're writing right now. I mean, we'll see when you, we better be in the acknowledgements. Yeah, definitely. Shelf love. <laughs> <laughs> I do it different every time. Love I should it. have asked the guest if you wanted to do oh, it. Oh, no, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so this is where we talk about what we have been reading, but I think we'll just give you the floor because we know how much you read, Rachel. I do, and I'm 
also forget all the things <laughs> and I can't access my Goodreads, which has got my record for some reason. I do know that I last night literally um, finished, it's not a rom-com, it's not a romance, it was uh, The Search Party by Hannah Ritchell. I stayed up way too late and I never usually do that, but I'm on, I was on Perth time. Yeah, and, I stayed up and to also 12.30 like, Sydney time, yeah. so I figure... You're in a hotel room. Yeah. It's so much fun to read in a hotel. Yeah. So that was really good. It's. Um, did you get to the end? I did get to the end. I actually started skim reading because I just wanted to get to the end. So I, d- I, I do <laughs> that sometimes. <laughs> yeah, not because it was bad. No. I just wanted to know and I was watching the time and going, I can't go to sleep without knowing. So, yeah, it was very good. It's a sort of mystery of a missing... There's a few... It's kind of overlaps. You don't know who's missing and then... Yeah, it's very mysterious. I've heard so very I can't good really say much without book. spoiling it. Yeah. And spoiling. genre-y, but she's quite uh, elevated prose-wise, right? Like yeah. she's come up as a literary writer. Yeah, yeah, because she's changed. This is, they say, a bit of a departure oh. for her. Um, I think of her as like Vanessa McCausland's yes. writing. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So this is a bit different, but equally as good as her. And the other thing, uh, I did actually, the first book I think I read this year was Naked in Death by J.D. Robb. Oh, I haven't even heard have, of that. Well, it's Nora Roberts' oh. um, Alter Ego, oh. the J.D. Robb series. And there's like 56 books in it, I think. And I've never... Oh, God, that's I too can't much. start. <laughs> exactly. But I thought it's one of those... Well, there's two reasons why I thought I should do it. It's one of those things that I feel like, you know, it's such a big series and it's her alter ego. And as a romance writer, it's about... People have talk. We were talking about the different, you know, love triangles and stuff. It's not a love triangle in this, but it's Eve and Rourke um, throughout all the books, you know, and, and they often referred to as you know, a really romantic couple that people, you know, love kind of thing. So I felt like eventually I needed to read it. I won't be reading 56 books. I enjoyed it <laughs> and I wouldn't mind reading a couple of others, but it's too much for me. But I'm also going to stay in Nora Roberts' um, hotel. Like she's got an inn called... Uh, I don't know what where, like is it, where is it? What country? So it's in... Um, it's just a bit north of Washington, D.C., oh, I cool. think. I'm kind of, I cannot think of the name of the inn now, but there's a whole series of books that she wrote about it. Um, Claire will put it in the show yeah. notes. <laughs> Yeah, I know I've seen you post about this. It starts yeah. with a B, I think. Anyway, so and one of the rooms is like she Did Pam it, Cook just go there as well? Oh no. no, she went to Canada but it might have been in a similar type of so uh, there's a couple of hotels that do this in that each of the rooms, like the boutique hotel and each of the rooms are famous couples from oh, romance books. So you can stay in you know, Darcy and Elizabeth and there's you know, the Wuthering Heights room and then there's other so I can't remember we're staying in one I've never heard of because it was the one that was available at Shoreditch Notice. And is not, this Anthea really, and you? you no, going, oh, my husband and I are going on a road cute. trip. So I read that because of that. And that was reasonably good. It said in the future, but the future is now almost. Oh. And so that's quite... Are they yeah, on hoverboards? No, no, not quite. <laughs> what are we think, supposed to have? You know, but the other... Uh, it's There's a few things, and I'm no mind's blank now, but I think the funny thing is I, that's what put me off it for a number of years because I'm not really a... Fantasy reader, or a, and, we, we and literally just talked about yeah. that. Like, yeah, Plus. we're we're both not. But Claire said it's because she's scared that it could be like the real the t- truth. Well, no, like get addicted. Oh, <laughs> you might be writing that next. Yeah, so that's why I turned. Like, didn't read it for years, but now it is actually. I think it's set in two thousand. Starts two thousand twenty three or something like that. So, uh. it's not fan. It's not future anymore. <laughs> um, and then I'm rereading. I'm rereading a, a few um Marianne Keys books. The best. Yeah, she's amazing, and she writes long. Too, so it makes me feel better. Yeah, even though she writes long, better. Grown, grown ups is pretty. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's she definitely. They're does all write. pretty shaggy. One hundred and sixty-one thousand words. I think one of her recent ones. So, how, how long is Bridget? My Bridget. Yeah, um, one hundred and thirty. Okay, so because it's yeah. interesting to see what words are like, what it looks like yeah. in the book. Do you guys know you can look that up on Kobo? Oh, hmm. no, because I, yeah. I often find that in, you know some books I read. I think 
this feels long. Yeah. And then I read it. I checked the net word length and it's not. And others I think a lot. Yeah. So I just, I don't and know. It's, it's one of those quirks I like knowing. The size of the type and all yeah. that. I'm always curious. Yeah. So yeah, it's really good, Kobo. Um, if it's, it has to be out already, I think, before they, you know, do it. But so I read Anybody Out There by Marion Keys, which is her, um, in her Walsh series and it's Anna Walsh. The reason I read that, and I'm sure I've read that before, but so long ago that I, it was like rereading it. I mean, reading it for the first time. And it's because she's got a new book coming out called My Favourite Mistake in April. That is sequel to that. And then I'm reading Watermelon at the moment. I don't think I ever read Watermelon when it came oh, out. Oh, really? Yeah. Watermelon is wild. Yeah. <laughs> they well, why do you are? think it's wild? Well, I think I read it when I had – I was pretty early in maternity leave oh, after so having my daughter. Oh, so you're in the same – for anyone who hasn't read it, um, the main character in that book has – Literally just had a baby, so yeah. So you, <laughs> well, I just remember she. I don't know. She's like sleeping with someone new. Yes. And it's like three weeks yes. after and you're she like, gave birth. How? How? Actually, I do wonder. Uh, love you, Marianne, if you're listening. I don't think Marianne has <laughs> have, have you had children. Her no, no. But she hasn't had children. That's yeah. the thing. And so I wonder. Like I now you've mentioned it. There was a few things in there. I was like. Oh, yeah. Would I've been doing that three weeks after having my baby or various things. So what you're saying it's something I would write. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. And I don't want to be gatekeepery. Like I don't think you need to have born children to write about it. No, and definitely not. Like Marion's writing is strong I mean, enough that it was just like one moment where I was like mm, Yeah. My pelvic floor was not up to I that. had I had similar thoughts and I completely agree with you too. Like I mean, we all write things that we're not have not experienced necessarily yeah. like literally if I just wrote about what I've experienced it would be <laughs> very dull or what I know know nothing so you know like so I definitely think and plenty of people have written books you know about with kids in without having kids but there was a couple of things in there I just also went it was also her first book yeah and so she was a lot younger when she wrote it so mm. you know you learn it's, things as you get older. It's interesting to hear because I, I think one of the early sentimental garbage episodes was someone talking about watermelon. Oh, and you have to go back, back and look at that. Yeah, yeah. same. And I think because it ends up being quite a bit about gaslighting in her previous relationship. Yep. I'm only halfway through. And what I realised with her books is, yeah, it does take a lot of like, big setup, mm. you know, often before you get to the – which I don't mind because she makes it – so I'm not there She yet. makes it so fun. But yeah. That but was yeah. probably before there was the term gaslighting. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's kind of the thrust of this interview is she, she's, you know, figuring something out that yeah. didn't even have a name at wow. that time. I'm, but I'm so annoyed because I have it in, in paperback and I was like, I'm not going to take it with me because I want to keep that. So I – yeah, I take I took the books that I was reading. Now I'm going to give it to my friend, but I want to keep there. The oh, so the politics of what you're taking, and I, I know it's so hard. Oh, so, so I literally hard. just took my Kindle and um, Hannah Rachel's book, which I'm going to. Sorry, Hannah, give it to my friend. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Pass it on. Yeah, <laughs> Claire, what are you reading? <laughs> Well, I just finished someone else's bucket list. Oh, yes. Well, I just no, finished that too, actually. Claire, you have to talk about that in our summer swap oh, episode. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not allowed to talk about that. We'll be talking about that more. Are you swapping with them? More. We swapped. I swapped. Um, with Claire gave me a, a Valley McFarlane ah. um, one. Yeah. Oh, we gave cool. each other a recommendation yeah. of Excellent. a favourite. So we'll do. We'll record that soon and oh, talk about it. Who's that girl? Have you read yes. that? Yeah. She's Valerie McFarlane is amazing. Because she has the sequel coming out of oh, that. Yes, yeah. I need to reread that as yeah. well. Jeez. So now I'm crying for that and now I understand because it really... Maybe I'll just listen to your podcast so I make that <laughs> rather than rereading. Yeah. Well, I reread it too so that we can talk about it. Oh, awesome. So that'll be good. And I'm reading... I mean, this weird, I'm reading a lot of like mum stories at the moment, which is not where 
the books I had planned out to read at this point, but I've got um, Tori Hushka's Grace Under Pressure, oh, which yeah. is a bunch of... I read her second one, but I haven't read her first one. Mm. Yeah. It's really good. Mm. She's, yeah, capturing a lot of the frustration of, of motherhood and kind of the performance, you know, there's a lot of... Performance element. Yeah, mm. influences. There's like a Facebook group. Yeah, she's, See, she's nailing My it. My kids, are, the youngest is 15, so I sort of... When I had little kids, no one was comparing, you know, their their lunch boxes on Facebook or Instagram. So I missed that sort mm. of social media aspect of it, which I think I'm quite glad of. <laughs> yes. Yeah, parenting now sounds scary. Yeah. <laughs> I'm reading non-rom-coms. <laughs> but I did so many rom-coms. When rom-coms you mean non-rom-coms, I mean like completely out of general, because now there's the anti-rom-com thing. Oh, you know I mean? yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, we've, sp- we've spoken about those, a couple of those, because... Mm. Um, yeah, perfectish. Yep, yep. Yeah, Jessica Seabon. I think you blurred yeah. that, didn't you? Um, no, I didn't blurb it, but we did it for our book club. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess, yeah, we always say Bound to Happen is kind of a bit anti rom com. I that either, but I need to. It's so good. There's too many books. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I'm reading um, on audio. Do you do audio? I love audio. Yeah, yeah. Magpie. Elizabeth oh, Day. I read that yeah, too. because Clara Everyone and I raves about that. we're going to see her Elizabeth oh. Day. Is it next week? Anyway, <gasps> soon. Cool. It's near the end. Is, of the are month. you enjoying it? Yeah, I've just so started. Many people have told me that that's amazing. Yeah, so I just finished um, Friendaholic, yep. which is the non-fiction one, mm-hmm. and I finished Just Friends. Yeah, guy in. Yeah, don't know how to say her last name. I know who you mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Yankovic. Yeah. yeah. And um, that should be a thing. If you're an author, you have to have an easy to say I name. <laughs> and then the work. By Brie Lee, which is an oh, advanced yeah. copy, which Claire oh, smuggled to me. That she just started, but okay. um, Claire's told me it's very sexy. <laughs> I'm excited. It's really gripping. I think it's going to be bloody massive. Yeah. 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 Wow. Cool. Those exciting books. Just need more time in our lives to read. Yep. So many. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here with us today, Rachel. It's been so fun to have such an expert in romance and rom-com to have such a great chat where can people follow or find your work well i've got a website rachel with an a racheljohns.com i'm also on instagram and facebook and tiktok TikTok. as karina said (laughs) i also have a um run an online book club so it's under rachel johns online book club and Facebook. So, yeah, they're about the places, I think. And events everywhere in Australia right now. Yeah, well, it depends when this goes out. Probably yeah. finished. <laughs> That's true. You'll probably be napping. Yes. Hopefully I'm starting the next book. <laughs> but the other Bridget is out from Penguin right now on a bestseller list near you. Um, so In a front window if you're in Sydney. It's beautiful. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. Uh, we will link to all of the books and movies that we mentioned in the show notes or you can sign up to our Substack and get the lowdown straight to your inbox when we drop a new episode. Follow us on Instagram at that romcom pod and feel free to DM us things you're interested in hearing about. We genuinely do read all of the messages. And rate and review us. There was a cute little review recently, which I need to post. Aww. Yeah, I'm trying to get to the bottom of who it was. Because I don't think we know them. Amazing. <laughs> Stranger. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> Big time. All right. Well, see you next time. Bye.